0: Hello, this is Kate Carlson, reporter at the Holland Sentinel, and you're about to listen to a recording from the Thursday, January 30th Lakeshore Advantage annual meeting that took place in Hudsonville. And this is also when Jim Brooks and Dick Hayworth um, kind of explained their plans to roll out a strategic planning session for the community that will culminate in a three day conference this summer.
1: Okay, how did the two of you meet and have become friends?
2: Well, it goes back a long, long uh, way. <laughs> uh, actually, my first remembrance of Jim was at uh, Hope Church. We both attended Hope Church and our families were engaged there, so that starts back 60 years. So How is that? We
1: still really? Like each other. Wow, that's awesome. Sixty years.
0: That's both, both, uh, um, you said both uh, well, uh, um, both of our our families were among the first to build um, facilities in the new industrial park on the south side. We were right across the street from one another. And then I remember in our early years, when Dick and I were both SOBs, that son of the boss, (laughs) um, we we would get together several times a year, Dick and I, and Dick Muzzy at Holland Hitch and Larry Mulder at ODL, all were sons of the boss. And we'd talk about the unique challenges and opportunities of of being in that position and how to grow our businesses effectively. So kind of a shared learning thing very early in our careers. Yeah, we were
2: connected and we, those are really enjoyable times because we were trying to figure out and then we were crying at each other's shoulders just a <laughs> little bit. Yeah.
1: So is there a connection story for you that really stood out in your career or an individual or someone who really made a huge difference and, and the connection kind of moved you forward and got you out of those trying times?
2: Well, I think for me personally, the story that connects most was Jim's father working with my dad, influencing him around strategic planning and using that tool because in the mid 70s, that was a relatively new business concept (coughs) that was being taught very thankfully by American Management Association. And, and that caused Dad to look at the strategic planning and around succession planning in our business very, very differently. And I think it had a lot to do uh, with my taking on a leadership role
0: in more significant ways early on. Well, and, and uh, I distinctly remember our parents and their peers George Herringa and some others, um, being very active mentors of young people in the community to help them grow and, and, and uh, become professionals. And uh, I think Dick and I and, and many of our peers have done the same thing with, with younger people. It's part of the culture of our community and part of what makes it work. So throughout
1: your career, there's so many examples of you going above and beyond to support community efforts, many of which have nothing to do with your business. Um, is there one effort that you know really stood out and why is this so important to you? Why has it been so important to you getting involved in different community efforts?
2: Um, core to our values and, and one of our values is to try to make the world a better place to live, and I always wanted to give an unfair competitive advantage to our community by being smart about how we work together, how we build bridges across all the key parts of it around the education system, the government system, the business systems, the nonprofit systems, and in places of worship in this community. We want them to find ways to link together to be supportive.
0: Uh, and I would say there there are several things that go through my mind. One is my mother's side of the family, were among the founders of Zealand, and I have a great uncle who was mayor of Holland when uh, Tulip Time first came into being. Um, and I'm very aware of the legacy of what my forefathers did to lay a foundation for which I would have been a beneficiary, and a sense of legacy responsibility to to give the future in better terms than I received it in a similar way. Secondly, is the sense of noblesse oblige that uh, Dick and I don't build large companies because we did it all ourselves. I mean, there literally have been thousands of people that have helped us build what's there. And, and uh, I think Dick, like I do, we don't think of the wealth that was created was ours to spend on the family but more as something that was created by that collective talent and and it's your stewardship responsibility to use that in an intelligent way. You realize in building an enterprise, a complex enterprise, that um, you don't have begin to have all the knowledge and insight that you need to make that enterprise thrive. You also realize as a business owner that business alone doesn't on its own. There are other parts of the community, that, have, whether it's the education system, whether it's collaboration with government, or other kinds of things that all have to go well, like you've explained here, in order to thrive. So I think Dick and I, having been around a lot, <clears throat> realized that it's, you have to promote all these things being healthy and working together in order for your own business to.
1: that commitment to your children. So Scott, who is here today, is the... Scott, don't look at your phone. Look <coughs> <laughs> Scott is the vice chair of our board. And I know Matthew has been really involved in the West Michigan Strategic Alliance. So how did you instill that commitment to, to your children to continue that forward?
2: Well, I always wanted my children... Uh, do something in life that really excites them, that brings great value to the community and to the world in which they live. and So that takes on many different forms, but we we try to show it by example. We try to to get them excited with what can
0: be done in the communities. My parents were very purposeful in in talking about values and, and philosophy as as I was growing up in, and growing up in the business and our family literally has family meetings annually where we talk about family mission and our values and the importance of perpetuating those and, and having a thought that's larger than ourselves and I couldn't be more pleased with both my son and daughter in terms of how they've embraced that and how they're Passing that on to their own children in a very purposeful way. I
1: love that. And, you know, one kind of new term that I heard when I came here, and, and I don't know why I hadn't heard it before, it was this, this philosophy of whole systems thinking. And so, could you touch on a little bit about what whole systems thinking is and why you think it's so important?
2: Well, we think as you try to, to solve problems and study issues, you want to look at it from every possible uh, angle. So the whole systems is a way to convey that message that that we want input from all levels. It's not a top-down solution, it's not a bottom-up. It's a top-down, bottom-up, side-to-side kind of uh, solution that we're looking for. And so we need to be very open and very collaborative. We need to listen well and we need to share ideas and thoughts in a very constructive way
0: and building on one of my earlier comments, um, I think of community much like the human body. It is a, a bunch of, of uh, subsystems that are highly interactive and ocular dependent in a community. You're dealing with a complex living organism that has all these subsystems and no one has a perfect view of how all that interaction occurs. And so Dick and I, spend a lot of our time, trying to be facilitators or to bring the connective tissue, the connections together so that there's a collective um, learning and, and collaboration in terms of making important priority decisions and the implementation of those decisions. We realize we can't, do enough. we have those resources, we couldn't begin to do it alone. A, and none of us can do individually what all of us can do collectively.
1: So, you've worked on a lot of successful community projects together. Um, Project Clarity, the art in downtown, there's just many different community projects that you've worked on. Is there one that really, a project either that succeeded or didn't succeed that really stood out to you and taught you a lesson?
0: Well, they haven't all succeeded. I (laughs) recall one called the Area Center, we put an awful lot of time and energy into, but it didn't succeed. Rather than one project, what, what I'm most pleased with is, is the fact that we're here, we've had this whole lifetime and we're not done yet, of, of doing multiple projects together. And again, it's not just us, but our ability to, to get more people involved in, in these communities, giving back in, in the shared learning, and, and certainly in terms of the implementation stage of uh, working together. And it's the ability to create that culture that's actually bigger than Dick and I
2: with yeah, what to we is we Yeah, we've been blessed to be raised in a community that has for years done some very good things from the communications and cooperation and we have a great culture but I don't think we ever dare take it for granted because um, great cultures don't coast. you got to keep working on them and finding ways to strengthen them you know, and uh, I think Jim and I really wanted to be part of keeping that culture alive and seeing if we can't find ways to improve it <coughs> so that it will benefit everyone in our community. We really mean it. We want to reach out to help everybody. I
1: love it. So I understand you're working on a new initiative. So you're not done yet, you're making our community stronger. Um,
2: can you share a little bit about your new initiative, what it is, and, and what this audience needs to know? Well, I'm a huge candidate. I mean, I have a huge commitment to the process called the Future Search process. And uh, we went through Future Search in the '90s as a community, and we identified some wonderful projects and made some significant progress under the the solutions of that has benefited our community. We did another one in the governance uh, thing where we brought together the two counties, Elegant and Ottawa, and five townships, and we began to share within within that community best practices. And I think we've seen wonderful benefits from that. And we think it's time now to do another community-wide future search. And that's what we're in the process of organizing. Uh, it's going to happen in May and it's it's going to be a, f- a wonderful experience. But it is just the beginning because in the process of going through a future search, we've got 80 volunteers and we've got uh, a great cross-section of our community that are willing to spend uh, two and a half days in that event. So I'm super excited about that. For those of you that would be interested but that are not participating, there's gonna be an online website that you can get out there and provide data for. But remember, future search this way, the conclusions of it are the beginnings of the hard work. And we'll be reaching out in the community to communicate what is going to happen there, and what we found, and then what are the projects, and we're gonna need lots of help from lots of people to help make it come into reality in our community, so.
0: So it's really not a new project, it's really an update on something (coughs) the community has done multiple times in the past, but it's a community strategic planning process where we're trying to bring business government and nonprofit organizations together, different parts of the community system, different people that have different perspectives of the community together. It's my opinion that we're like in the second inning of one of the most profound changes the world has been through as we transition beyond industrialization into this digital technology and AI stage. It's gonna profoundly change the nature of work that people do. It's gonna have a major impact, particularly on middle class people that have been trained in repetitive task skills for the industrial era that are not going to have the skills. And so we as a community, I think if we wait until the change really happens, it'll be too late. We won't have the workforce with the talent that we need for our business government and nonprofit organizations. We have we're trying to be proactive. Anticipating where the future is going to go and to identify the priority things we need to work on together to make sure that we position our community so it continues to thrive in the future.
1: So, uh, futuresearch2020.com was just launched today. Uh, the survey is up on that website. It will close by March 31st. And we want everyone in the room to take this really short survey. It's basically a SWOT analysis on where we're at now. The results of that survey will really inform the attendees of Space Research in May. Um, So really, uh, would love to see everyone here come And I wish I could spend all day with the two of you, and I know that you gotta get back to Florida maybe, Jim? No? I don't know, are you still here? Um, So I guess my last question for the two of you is, I look around the room and there's a lot of visionary and many of which look to you as a very strong example. Um, so what words of advice do you have for these visionaries here in the room?
2: Let's go find ways to improve everything.
0: i all right. <laughs> well, I think repeating what I've said, you know, ultimately no one can build community together. We're all highly in highly interactive Interdependent system, and um, it's it's about uh, trying to bring the community together in shared learning, uh, in identifying what the community's priorities are, and then working together collaboratively in terms of making that future happen. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to officially present your 2020 Visionary Award here. You can just leave your mics right there if you'd like. Um, we're going to take a quick photo, and we're going to ask for lots of audience applause to.